because we see imperfectly in mortality. Not everything is going to make sense right now. Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. Doubt your doubts before you doubt your faith. Whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Welcome back, everyone. This is the To Whom Shall We Go podcast. This is your host, Ryan Sorensen. So today we have Temper Harward joining us. Thanks so much for being on, Temper. I'm so glad I can be here. Thanks for the invite. So to get started, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, so I guess just the short the short story is I uh, I'm married. I'm a convert to the church. Um, I'm not doing this in any particular order. <laughs> I'm a California transplant here in Idaho, um, and I have two two little kids. Um, a three-year-old and a one-year-old, and um, I also experienced same-sex attraction. Um, and I uh, lived a, a, I don't know, I'd say this in air quotes, an open gay lifestyle before joining the church, and and I'm actively involved in a couple of ministries to um, minister to fellow Latter-day Saints who also experience same-gender attraction. So, yeah. That's kind of me in a nutshell. Um, I'm sure we'll delve more into that <laughs> in yeah. this podcast. So, yeah. Yeah, well, we look forward to hearing your story. So maybe yeah. we can start with kind of maybe your your growing up years, um, both maybe what kind of religious background you, you've had as well as kind of your experience coming to grips that you have same-sex attraction and kind of we can start with maybe your younger years with that and kind of go from there. Sure. Yeah. So, um, I was, so I was actually raised in a part member family. Um, so my dad is very active LDS. My mom is a very active evangelical Christian. Um, and so I was, I was raised in a strong Christian household. Um, I was never baptized into either faith, um, due to my parents divorcing and and the church's stance on that is unless you're um, of age at 18, you know, you can't commit to anything without both your parents agreeing and they didn't. So, um, so yeah, I was never baptized in either faith, but I had a very strong uh, Christian upbringing, more so the LDS side of the family. Um, so yeah, I knew, I knew the doctrine of the restored gospel very well. And I would even say that I had somewhat of a testimony growing up. Um, but of course, as um, you've probably heard other stories of people who have same-sex attraction, it's a, um, you seem to, you, even though you may have this testimony, you have this huge burden a lot of times on your shoulders of this other part of you that seems to contradict that uh the narrative you want to live just happily in the gospel. Um, and so that was, that was definitely a huge struggle growing up with me because I, I knew what the church taught about 
proper relationships and sexual expression and and I definitely wasn't feeling anything for girls um and it was really hard on it was really hard on me and I had a lot of self-hatred and self-loathing for uh whenever I felt those feelings for my for my male peers and um yeah so that's kind of my upbringing um eventually I did come out and start and rejected Christianity I don't know if you want me to get into that or yeah I think I think that'd be very helpful kind of just giving I'm sure there's people that will relate to that so yeah let's hear about that yeah so um if any of course if any time you want to jump in here and ask a question you know I'll be happy to stop so but um yeah so at 18 when I could have been baptized I I was so fed up with um hating myself for having same-sex attraction and so tired of fighting it that I just I said screw Christianity and and uh totally abandoned my my faith um and started dating guys and and um yeah and then and I lived like that for a few years um just living the a secular lifestyle I would say um and I I didn't completely reject religion or spirituality per se I just wanted nothing to do with any Abrahamic religion so I went as far away <laughs> from uh the Abrahamic faiths as I could and and yeah so um so yeah I lived I lived that way for, like I said, for a few years, had a few different boyfriends and um, one really serious boyfriend towards the end of my, uh, I guess, sojourn in the world. Uh, and it was that it was around 20, 2011 when my brother uh, joined the church and started trying to proselytize me back to the faith. And, um, uh, so I, I, I didn't want, I didn't want to have anything to do with the church. I, I hated Mormons more than any other Christian because I thought they hated me. And, um, well, maybe that's an unfair statement. I, I, I despised the church and its doctrine. I know my dad loved me and my mom loved me, but, but I didn't see myself, uh, ever being part of a Christian denomination. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I guess to keep going with that, my, my, uh, brother, like I said, my brother, who I'm, I'm closer to him than anyone else in my family. Um, he, he was kind of my partying buddy going into the world and then he uh left to join the church about a year before I ended up joining and uh he I I when we would visit with each other he could be very blunt and frank with me without me getting offended because I knew he was saying it in love uh although I wasn't having any of it but um but yeah so he he would make remarks to me like 
that um, this wasn't the the life that Heavenly Father had planned for me, and then I had so much more potential than than the way I was living, and um, and that you know things th- things of that nature, and and eventually he gave me a Book of Mormon, and I swore I wouldn't read it uh, because you know. <laughs> it's, it's not going to help me at all. Um, but, uh, yeah, but yeah, so my brother gave that to me and, and, but what he didn't know is that I was, I was severely lacking a sense of purpose, like deeper purpose and meaning in my life. And, my my purpose and meaning was in my gay identity it was in my boyfriends they my boyfriends were my happiness and um and i didn't really have real meaning and purpose besides that and so i was looking for it in different types of spirituality but they all fell short and um i just remember one day feeling so empty and had such a lack of peace in my life that I just felt this feeling that I needed to open the book of Mormon and read it and I'm like and like no way (laughs) but I found that book of Mormon that my brother gave me and and pulled it out from wherever I had buried it and um I opened it up to a verse of scripture that I remember my my brother telling me about because I'd uh, been having issues sleeping and so anyway I turned to the scripture and um and I read it and I just felt such a strong spiritual witness that that I needed to follow Christ and um I didn't know if that meant the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints at this point but I knew that in order for me to have the peace and the purpose that I was seeking, I needed to leave the lifestyle behind that I was living and, and follow Christ. And that was a, a incredibly daunting and um, horrifying thought, honestly, because I loved my boyfriend. I, I had spent a few years building this whole life and meaning and purpose around me but I I knew it what I knew like I said it didn't mean anything deeper than the surface level and and uh so I knew but leaving that lifestyle what I knew would be incredibly difficult um but uh but I did it uh and so yeah I I long story short, I broke up with my boyfriend and that was heartbreaking for me and it really hurt. Um, and it took me a while to get over it, but, uh, but at the same time, I had just this, even with the difficult changes I knew I was facing and that I needed to go through, I felt this deeper sense of peace that everything was going to work out even though I didn't know how it was going to work out and and I had a lot of uncertainty in my life and and um I didn't know how it was going to work with 
uh, me, a gay man coming into the church and how that's how I would even find the, the joy and happiness I'm looking for. But I, but I had, I guess, the faith and the grace that I needed to help me do those hard things. And, um, and I went from one extreme to the other where I just, I had been living this very worldly lifestyle. And then I threw myself into a very, uh, gospel centered lifestyle. And, 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 um, within a year of me, uh, opening myself up to the idea of following Christ to, uh, uh, oh yeah so I was I was baptized after a year of like making that decision to follow Christ and um and yeah so that's kind of the short story of what happened I mean there's a lot more to it since I've you know gotten married and everything and and all that but uh and that's that's definitely part of the story but that's the gist of my conversion I guess so when you started to have these, I guess, these spiritual experiences and such, and you're trying to, you're kind of wrestling, I guess, with different, the different lifestyles and such, and trying to make that decision. Was it a decision that happened pretty quickly after you had had some of those experiences? Or did it take a while kind of to make that decision that you were finally going to give up that lifestyle? So... when I made the decision that I was going to follow Christ, it, it was a relatively quick process, but the process itself of getting to that point was it, it took, it took a while. Um, cause like I said, my, my brother was talking to me and, and, uh, reminding me of doctrines that I had learned. And, um, but and there were time there was a time I remember when I acknowledged that what he was saying might be true, but I just brushed it off and and didn't really uh focus on it more than that because I didn't want it to be true so um so yeah, I think a lot of it was that it was just back and forth of my brother uh reminding me of of certain things and having these having these little glimpses of of the fact that I needed to change and, and then just burying it under the rug. Cause I didn't even want to look at it. Um, and, uh, yeah. So honestly, I, I don't know why my brother kept trying the way that he did, because I definitely wasn't the, the perfect investigator. Um, but I wouldn't have talked to the full-time missionaries anyway. So if it wasn't him, it probably wouldn't, I probably wouldn't be where I am. Um, so, um, cause I wasn't, I really wasn't showing any signs of progress at all <laughs> until I finally called my brother one day and was like, and just, I don't remember what I said, but I just remember telling him I wanted to change and I wanted to leave this all behind. And I'm sure it was a shock to him and a shock to my parents. <laughs> so, um, from there, so you, you get baptized and what was the journey like from there in terms of like different feelings per se and like now you're an active devout latter-day saint but you still have these feelings that you that you have and what's your what was your experience after baptism with that so 
It was difficult, honestly. Um, I mean, I, I, I definitely felt the Lord's grace helping me to overcome um, a lot of the, I guess, urges I would still have from the, from living a worldly lifestyle. And, and I know the Lord really helped me to make that change because like I said, once I made that decision to follow Christ, it was pretty immediate that I made some pretty hard changes. Um, and I went full force in the gospel and, and that brought me so much, so much joy and happiness, having those new spiritual experiences of taking the sacrament for the first time, like worthily and like, um, just doing baptisms for the dead and going to the, and eventually having, receiving my endowment. But the, but the, the hard thing for me coming to the church was that as as much as I was having these amazing spiritual experiences, it's like my my same sex attraction got pushed to the back burner and neglected and wasn't addressed, and so it became this just issue that I I couldn't really reconcile with the gospel and didn't really have the tools to do so. And so, um, and so I just hit it. Um, and I almost went, I was very open when I was living my gay lifestyle. And, and, but then when I came into the church, I like closeted myself again, because I was one afraid of what other guys would think in my ward. And two, because I didn't really know how to deal with it at this point. I was just so focused, like healing my spirit <laughs> that um, the same sex attraction took a back seat, even though it wasn't, it's not like it wasn't there anymore. Like it was very still there, very much still there. Um, and I guess the hardest part for me is, is when you come into the church, um, that there, there isn't really, at least when I got baptized, there aren't really the resources available, uh, that really provide help with that reconciliation process, reconciling the two. You're, you're, you have these very strong feelings and urges with same-sex attraction, but you always have, but you also have this strong faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and his restored gospel. And how do those things work together? Because I clearly knew the doctrine. I knew what the Bible teaches. I know what the prophets say on this subject. And it just seems like it's two different worlds that don't mix. And one of the resources that you're given coming into the church is this little booklet called God loveth his children. And, um, you know, God bless the church for coming out with some sort of resource, but in all honesty, it's not much of a help. It, (laughs) it basically gives, it's a little teeny blue booklet and it gives you the basic doctrine on, on, um, what homosexuality, um, what what the the church and the, the scriptures teach about homosexuality but there's but there's hope and and you can do it and that's kind of what it is that's kind of all it says and i'm like okay well i knew this stuff already and i know things that can work out but how do i actually do that and there the church still doesn't have anything like that unfortunately and it's the church has made strides and uh, I'll, I'll give credit where credit is due 
I mean, there's the, they created the Mormon and gay website, which is now just in the gospel topics under same-sex attraction. And they've done a great job answering like very basic questions. And it's, it's pretty cool because that definitely wasn't there when, when I joined, Um, but there's still a long way to go. And I think that's, that was, uh, I guess, getting back to what I was saying before is that was the hardest part for me is not really having that, those, the necessary resources that I needed to really help me to address this issue. Um, and so I coming home from my mission, things really just that that's when the, this, the, the issue, as I saw it back then with same-sex attraction just came back roaring back and it, and became a huge struggle for me um and and I knew after my mission that was something I needed to address now and really work on that reconciliation process um and so yeah anyway um I don't know if that answers yeah that answers it so I guess at kind of at that point was there a helpful resource you were able to find or like a mentor or what are some things that helped you in that process of reconciling? Yeah. So for me, um, so the, the first resource that I found was an article that uh, Ty Mansfield wrote in LDS Living. And that's the first time I heard about North Star. And um, so I started getting involved in their, they have these confidential Facebook groups um, that you can meet other members going through the same issue based off of demographic. And so um, I started getting involved in, in those resources um, and watching the voice. They, they also have these voices of hope videos on YouTube and those are awesome. Um, that was really the first time I heard other members giving their experiences of whether they're single or married and then being me being able to see other members finding joy and having hope in, in the gospel and, and very happy with the place that they have in the plan. And, and, um, yeah, so that that was really the first resource that I found. Um, and uh, I mean, later on, well, I guess we'll get into this, but but yeah. So, and I not, uh, full full disclosure right now, I serve on the board with North Star. Um, so I guess I kind of went from getting their resources and 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 benefiting from those to now trying to provide more resources to other people. So, um, so yeah, that the North star is awesome. And I, I, um, there were some gripes I had with them in the beginning, but, but now I, uh, now I'm trying to, to help, uh, bring those resources abroad internationally. That's kind of my, uh, that's kind of my assignment with them. That's awesome. And just for any of our viewers that aren't familiar with North star, we'll, We'll put a link for their website in the description. And also we, in 
in the past, we did an episode with Jeff Banyan as well. He's one of the founders, and he talks a lot about the, the North Star organization as well for anyone that's listening. Um, so I guess at, at this point in our interview, if you have any other parts of your story that you want to share that you think would be relevant, I'll give you the opportunity to do that. But after that, I'd love to kind of just maybe hear just kind of some suggestions and maybe a, a message of hope or advice for individuals that are listening that have same-sex attraction. Or maybe they're a parent that just found out that they have a child that has same-sex attraction. So if you have just, after you share any other parts of your story you want to share, then we'd love to just hear any guidance or words of hope you might have for them. Yeah. So I guess for me, um, another huge part of my story is getting married. Because um, I, I definitely did not see that being an option for me as much as I wanted it to be. Um, I always, I always wanted to be a, a husband and a father, but um, how that was even going to work with a woman, because I'm definitely not attracted to women at all. Uh, it, that, that was daunting for me. And I think that's, that's what I, uh, one of the big struggles that I had coming back from my mission is now being faced with this, prospect of okay am I going to be remain single and celibate for the rest of my life or am I going to have the opportunity to be married and if I do how the heck is that even going to work (laughs) um and uh and so yeah that was that was hard but and but for me I I firmly believe in in what the Lord or what Nephi says in, in uh, Nephi, first Nephi 3, 7, that, and I'm paraphrasing because I'm not a scriptorian and I don't have it memorized, but, um, you know, Nephi tells his father Lehi that I'll go and do the things the Lord's commanded because the Lord gives no commandment unto men, except he prepares a way for them to keep that commandment. And and so even though I was daunted by uh, what my future might hold, I was willing to put my, my, take that leap of faith and start dating. And it really didn't work out at all for a while. <laughs> and it made me really frustrated and, and uh, disappointed and discouraged at times. And I almost, I almost came to a point where I was like, ready to just give up on the church because I, I, I was so unhappy um, with the way that was working out. And, but I, I just remember feeling in that moment when I was so just tired of trying and trying and things not working out that I just felt this, this loving, peaceful feeling in my heart. And it was like, almost it was this feeling I had in my heart but it all I also heard it in my head just the 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 message just to keep trying and keep being faithful and things will work out and I was like okay I've been doing that but I'm gonna try I'm gonna just I'm just gonna hold off on dating for a while and I'll and I'll just uh, keep serving in the temple and and just and 
I don't know where the, these things are going to take me, but I'm just going to trust in you and what you told, what you inspired me to do. And I'll stay faithful. And, um, and it was, it was kind of funny because it was at, at that time that I kind of gave up on dating that my wife started coming to our YSA ward and, and, uh, things eventually worked out obviously. And, and I got married. Um, and I'm not saying that to give off the message that, oh, if you just put your, take the leap of faith that, you know, that you'll be able to get, get married and that that's going to be a reality for you because the truth is, is far from that, you know, um, do, do I think marriage is possible for members with same-sex attraction? Yes, I do believe it's possible. Um, but that may not necessarily be immortality and that's okay. Um, and I think, I guess that's, that's one piece of, piece of advice I, I would love to give for anyone who may be struggling with this issue and, and, and struggling with, um, reconciling their, their faith and sexuality and, and seeing their place in the plan is, is that, I I truly believe that whether whether you're single single or celibate or you're you have the opportunity to be married in mortality, you still have a purpose and you still have a huge role to play in the church and in the plan. Um, and I know there's probably people who will listen to this and be like, well, the people who are single and celibate, you know, they kind of get the raw end of the deal here, and 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 I'm like. And, you know, I can't, I can't disagree with their sentiment. It's, that's a hard, that may be a very hard uh, path to take. Um, But marriage is difficult as well. (laughs) And I think they're both difficult in different ways. And, but I believe that it's possible to have joy and peace and happiness, no matter what path you take um in the gospel um but i know that each each and every person who may be struggling with finding their place in the church whether it's with sexuality or whatever the issue is that that and i'm going to speak to these individuals is you have gifts and talents that the lord has blessed you with to help in the gathering of Israel and, and we need you and we need, we need your perspective and we need you to be with the saints as, and, and things will work out eventually. And, um, I'm not the most eloquent speaker, so it's hard for me to get, convey my thoughts verbally, but, but, I think that's the most important message that that anyone like me needs to hear is that that there's a place for you. And sometimes it feels like there's not because you know because the wor- world is telling you one way that you need to be happy and if the church doesn't accept that then you can't really have the full happiness that that you're entitled to. Um and I I don't believe that narrative. I think you I think anyone has has a very crucial role to play so anyway i'm rambling on
I think that's some great words. And I just echo that. Yeah, we, we need you. We need your unique perspective. And I think there's, there's so much we can, that we can grow from our different experiences and our different trials and some of the most spiritually beautiful people I've met, whether through same sex attraction or through a faith crisis or just through very unique challenges. I've seen those challenges transform them into saints um, and this experience, though difficult, can really help you come to know the Savior, and you can, you're going to be such an example and just such a light to all those around you. So just keep pushing, and mm-hmm. you can do this. Um, yeah, and I just want to—I'm I'm, going to jump in here because, yeah, because I think a lot of people worry about like, oh, how am I going to endure this the the rest of my life? You know, like it seems like such a heavy burden to bear. And I'm like, I, and, and I, I totally empathize with that feeling, but I also can promise that it doesn't always have to be a burden and it doesn't need to be a burden, uh, period. Um, I, you know, just, I, I don't know where it is in Alma, but it talks about the, the converts of Alma and how they start building the the land of Helam, right? And they get taken over by the wicked uh, priests of Noah, the Lamanites. And they're put in bondage and they have these burdens on their backs. And they pray to the Lord that he can deliver them for this from, from these burdens and the tasks that are put upon them. And what the Lord does instead is he makes the burdens light upon their backs to where they're not burdens anymore. And, and I, I have seen that myself with my same sex attraction that not that he's given me the, the strength that I need to, to bear up this cross and to be able to follow him, but also in in another sense, um, there's a there's a great uh, passage about Paul how he says that he was he had this thorn in his flesh that he prayed three times for the Lord to take away from him, but the Lord didn't take it away from him. And instead, what he found is that in his weakness, he was strong because Christ's grace abounded, and he praised the Lord for these challenges he's faced and was able to use them for the good of other people. And I'm such a firm believer that, that no matter what your challenges and mortality, that it, it, although you may struggle at times with that same challenge, it doesn't always have to be a challenge. And in fact, it can become a great good that you can use to help build the kingdom. And, um, I, I didn't really realize that coming into the gospel. I thought it would just be something that may just be a struggle for the rest of my life, but I've been able to see how I've been able to use this experience to really build up the ward and the members that I serve and minister to in whatever area that I'm in. And I'm so, and I'm grateful for it because of that. So, um, I love, uh, I think those are some really great thoughts and I don't want to make any 
kind of blanket statements for people that have same-sex attraction. But something that I think is important to keep in consideration too is, though obviously we we need to keep the law of chastity, there are gifts associated with that. Um, A friend of mine who has same-sex attraction was mentioning this idea that he feels like because he has those feelings, he's able to connect with with males at a lot deeper level and develop friendships at a lot deeper level than a lot of other males are able to do. And I've also heard some people that maybe they have artistic abilities that are very special. So there might be parts of their personality that are beautiful and are gifts. And I think you can, you can take, take some gratitude in that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think every, every challenge that we have in our life um is comes with with also other gifts and talents um that are enriched through that experience and and definitely yeah and and those are definitely um things that we can use and we can harness to to do for good like like the example you said with the with the brother that you know he's able to have this deeper connection with his brothers because of this, you know, that isn't that something we severely need in the church. Um, and I could go off on a tangent for, um, for a while on this, but just so a lot of priesthood quorums I'm in just seem more like a meeting and not really like a brotherhood and how much more we could really use some real brotherhood in our quorums to really help with the work. Um, and maybe you know john smith over there with who experiences ssa is the one to do that because he knows how to connect with men on a deeper level right so yeah um the next question that i wanted to kind of just ask is maybe just any advice for parents to have a kid that have same-sex attraction i think oftentimes our world puts people in this put this in this very kind of either or type um, mentality where the world is convinced parents that some parents think that like, if they're encouraging their kid to live the gospel, when they have these feelings that like, that's not an act of love and they're not accepting their kid the way they are. And there's been lots of just kind of narratives like that going around. What kind of advice do you have with that and how parents can, love their kid for who they are, but also encourage them to keep living these standards that will ultimately bring them the greatest amount of happiness. Yeah, that's, that's a hard, that's a hard uh, um, standard to keep, Um, but it's possible. Um, You know, I, I, I only have the example of my parents, but, um, and I think my parents did very, I think they, they treated the situation, my situation very well. Um, when I came out to the, came out to them, they were shocked and had to go through the, the, all their own emotions. But over the years, they only showed a profound outpouring of love and made sure to include me in any family activities and, and, and although they were uncomfortable with certain 
um, actions I was taking in my life, they they still made a huge point to sh- to show that outpouring of love. But I think that the key thing to to note here is they never compromised on their morals, um, and they never compromised for me. Um, they they were very clear about what they believed and the standards that they had. Um, but they always made me know that they weren't ashamed of me or ashamed of who I was or, um, and they, they loved me unconditionally. Now, I think some, some other parents can take that to the extreme where, like you said, they have to, um, in order for me to love my son or daughter, I need to fully embrace, um, LGBT, uh, cultural, um, I guess, the cultural norms which is you know like uh fully and fully support same-sex relationships and marriage and and uh all all the gamut there um but i i think i I would go back to what elder holland said recently at byu and again i'm paraphrasing here but he he said that we cannot let what did he how did he say it we can't let our love be mistaken for advocacy for behaviors and actions that are obviously go against what the scripture teaches, what the gospel teaches. And, and we can still be just as loving and supportive of our children and their needs without um, trying to change what the gospel clearly teaches. And, and, uh, and I think my, my parents were a prime example of that. Um, I, I think there's a lot of fear in, in, with parents in, uh, alienating, alienating your child. If you, if you push the gospel on them and sure, there might be, there might be, um, that might happen you know, or they may alienate themselves from you. But, but I think the, the key word there is pushing the gospel on them is we, we can still stand for what, what the church teaches without having to shove doctrine down their throat and we can meet them where they're at. And, you know, um, and that's what my parents did with me. Um, and I'm not definitely not saying my parents are the perfect example here, but, but, uh, I think they did very well for how obstinate and antagonistic I was towards Christianity. I love that. I think that's really well put. I think, yeah, I think that's important that we can, we can love people that we disagree with. And like you said, that we don't need to push it down their throat, like stand for your values, believe what you feel is right. If they ask you your opinion, you can tell them, but they probably already know where the church stands on things. So we don't need to be preaching at them constantly. Yeah. Moms, you say something, or if they ask you say something, but otherwise just treat them the same way you treat anyone else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, that's, that's something we need a lot more of this in this world, right? Is being able to vehemently disagree with someone and still be their best friend, you know? Yeah. And, um, 
yeah definitely that we we know the doctrine we know what the what the gospel teaches you know so i think what we need especially when we're struggling with our faith or even if we're we've left the church we don't need to know what the gospel teaches because we know it what we just need is a hug and we need inclusion and um to know that you're not going to disown us for (laughs) for if we're dating the same sex or whatever you know like like you're still gonna love us um and and you don't have to compromise your your beliefs and uh, and your faith in the god faith in the gospel in order to do that i love that so i want to close by just having you share like what the gospel of jesus christ means to you but before that is there anything else that you want to mention during this episode yeah so if i mean if anyone is out there is struggling with this issue and is struggling in that reconciliation process know there are resources out there um don't do this alone i i meet it it drives me nuts but i i talk to so many uh return missionaries who who keep their same-sex attraction it's such a such a secret and they hide it away and think that their mission is going to change them or uh make it go away or uh or even marriage is going to solve solve it somehow and i'm like and i i'm giving a resounding no that's not going to happen get the resources now that you need to help because there are resources out there and there there are loving people out there like myself who are here to support you and you don't need to do this alone you don't need to go through this journey alone and and um you know i serve north star is a great resource like i talked about before i also have my own ministry beacon ministry for same-sex attracted latter-day saints and that's a support group that i do locally in, in rexburg um and you know there there and there are many other resources out there for you so um i i just i wish i could get that get that out to every uh pers- uh perspective missionary about to go out who may be experiencing same-sex attraction i mean it's hard to tell who you know but if i could just get that message out to every every member you know that that if you're struggling with this, get resources. There are resources out there. Feel free to contact me. Um, and uh, yeah, don't do this alone. Yeah, I love that. And yeah, for any of my BYU-Idaho friends that might be listening to this, Timber and I are Facebook friends. So if you go to my profile and just click on my friends, look him up, you can find him there. I'm sure if you messaged him, he's willing to chat. He can get you information on his group as well that could provide you with some really great support for it. So yeah, I'm on social media way too much. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I'll answer quick. Yeah. He's got you. Um, awesome. Well, let's close by, if you could just share what the gospel of Jesus Christ means to you, that would be great. The gospel is everything. Um, I, I mean, I'm in no way, I'm a deeply flawed man and I am a sinner just like the rest of you. And I need 
Jesus Christ and I need his grace and I need it every day. I know that I'm nothing without it. And I have never felt the the fulfilling peace and joy that I have that I have in the gospel. Uh, I've never felt that within any other religion or or lifestyle choice and I I know even with the complexities that I still face and this and the struggles that I still have at times that that the gospel of Jesus Christ the restored gospel of Jesus Christ is the only thing that can bring me those answers and the solutions the eventual solutions that I'm seeking for um and yeah I mean I I'm going through a process uh on my own of reevaluating my spiritual foundation like president nelson invited us to do and and i would invite anyone else to do the same as to reevaluate your foundation where do you stand and and what corrections do you need to make i know i need to make a ton of corrections in my life personally and um and uh but that that's a lifelong process but that's the great thing that the gospel provides is the ability to repent and no matter where we've gone no matter what we've done um, we can always repent and come back to Christ and he'll receive us with open arms. And I, I know that's true. I love that. Just remember everyone, yeah, we can always repent. And a while back, I was an EFY counselor. And one thing I always love to tell my kids was, you're worth the blood of a God. And that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. So regardless of where we're at, we have value. And repentance is a wonderful gift, I think. It's our greatest tool against the adversary. So always remember that. Amen. Thanks so much for being on, Timber. We really appreciate you. This has been the To Whom Shall We Go podcast. We'll see you next time.